they uh i forgot when i was reading about hey here's all the software that you use for your podcast and how it's going away uh microsoft itself is discontinuing skype in june or july um and it's going to be either rebranded or put into their teams software yeah. so it, i don't know if it'll be its own thing anymore but you know i, I won't find out that'll be <laughs> that'll be someone else's be problem yeah. I, th- I think i think teams uh, gives you only a, a certain window to actually be on a call where you have to be a member they or subscribe you. or something okay. yeah yep 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 i think so all right so on that note let me close pirate bay tab that can't be good <laughs> Um, that's always good <laughs> on that note <laughs> welcome to the grand gesture uh, where I I think I've paid for the remains of the day twice I know I own a digital copy I may own a physical copy it's all above board here uh, every one of the people on this podcast including my co-host Derek um, I'm assuming have a long legacy of purchasing remains of the day in all of its physical media Dave probably has a print of the Butler Stevens hanging above his. I toilet. wish that was true. <laughs> I Stevens. wish that was true. I'd never seen it before uh, for this episode. So. If you like, Mrs. Stevens, I could bring in some more cuttings for you. Thank you, Miss Kendall. But I regard this room as my private place of work, and I I prefer to keep distractions to a minimum. Would you call flowers a distraction then, Mr. Stevens? I appreciate your kindness, Miss Kenton, but uh, I prefer to keep things as they are. Well, and since you are here, uh, there is a matter I wanted to mention to you, just a small matter. I happened to be uh, walking past the kitchen yesterday morning, and I heard you calling to someone named William. May I ask who it was you were addressing by that name? Why, Mr. Stevens, I should think I was addressing your father. Oh. There are no other Williams in this house, I take it? True. May I ask you in future, Mrs. Kenton, to address my father as Mr. Stevens? Or if you are speaking of him to a third party, you may wish to call him Mr. Stevens Sr. to distinguish him from myself. So I would be most grateful to you, Miss Kenton. I don't quite hmm? understand what you're getting at, Mr. Stevens. I am the housekeeper in this house, and your father is the underbutler. In other houses, I was accustomed to address the underservants by their Christian names. Hmm. Miss Kenton, if you would stop to think for a moment, you would realize that how inappropriate it is for one such as yourself to address as William, someone such as my father. Well, I'm sure, Mr. Stevens, it must have been very galling for your father to be called William by one such as myself. Miss Kenton, all I'm saying is that my father is a person from whom, if you wish to be more observant, you may learn many things. I'm most grateful for your advice, Mr. Stevens, but do please tell me just what marvelous things might I learn from your father. I might point out that you're still often unsure of what goes where and which item is which. I'm sure Mr. Stevens Sr. is very good at his job. But I can assure you, Mr. Stevens, that I'm very good at mine. Of course. Thank you. And uh, now, if you will, please excuse me. Miss Kenton? Oh, well. <laughs> that is shocking. It is. To me, because me too. After uh, this seeing is one it, of the times. <laughs> like, it was like, how have I not? <laughs> this is one of the times where I'm not being mean to a guest and just trolling by putting them on something that they're going to be disagreeable with. I just assumed you'd seen this a hundred times at this point, mm. so uh, I guess that worked out because Dave, <laughs> Dave loves romance that is not consummated, where there's absolutely 
No fucking, uh, not even, not even handholding in this. This is this is the uh, epitome of longing from from a distance. That's right. Uh, so of course we're doing this in conjunction with the Silence of the Lambs, and if I was listening to Hyro of Marcus played, I would have done Nell with Jodie Foster. No, we are not mature enough <laughs> to do that movie. Wait, is that the uh, yeah, tie no, in the wind? No, no. Nails? Not this okay. trio. <laughs> Just want to make sure I got my nails right. Say we're going to go with, uh, you know, we're going to go with Hannibal Lecter. And I don't know if this wasn't a direct follow-up. I've never seen Howard's End. Can I throw that out to you, Dave? Have you seen that I one? I saw that, but years ago. Um, so that's definitely one that I've seen. But somehow missed Remains of the Day. Like, as I was watching this... Hmm. Mike, I was like, Mike, Mike gave me a gift, and I don't know if he knew he was doing this, but this is exactly my type of movie. So take that for what you will. Uh, as I was watching this, I was like, yes, more longing. Yes, Mike brings this to me. So, so yeah, but these, I think, were just about back to back, like, or pretty close in time. Yeah, Hopkins got stuffy. He's like, okay, I gave you the horror movie. I won the Oscar for it. Now it's going to period drama. And <laughs> also, has Anthony Hopkins just looked role. 50 and above his whole life? Is, this, is he one of those actors who just, like, <laughs> aged early and then kind of stopped? <laughs> like, <laughs> he didn't look that different in The Elephant Man, no. to be honest. I mean, it's black and white, but it's also over a decade prior to this. Not that different. So I also had, uh, this is the other reason, Dave, uh, we have started a new podcast, uh, thankfully, like, killed a podcast yep. directed by that's over with thank god uh i can't imagine the numbers we would have done with a merchant oh, ivory god. month uh if we would have survived that you wouldn't have uh, but <laughs> you would not have made it man that is one too many period no. pieces for mike <laughs> this was ranked because uh, we just uh did an episode on it where you cited the british film institute and the ranking for uh with nail and i and this the remains of the day was as of According to Wikipedia, 1999, considered the 64th greatest British film. Jesus Christ. It's pretty low. Yeah, considering With Doll and I was 29, I think, uh, that mm. is upsetting <laughs> now that I've seen both also, movies. Also, <laughs> Derek, doesn't that just sound dumb American of me, where I, <laughs> with no British films in front of <laughs> seems me. Seems pretty low. I'm just saying, that seems low. <laughs> there, this can't be the 64th. There's not 63 better That's British a, films than this. It's a very... <laughs> It's a very American idea to like pass judgment on the someone else's list. The worst part is that list. he's right. Like I wish. And <laughs> like, Dave just David. going in, doubling down. <clears throat> so before we uh, lose everyone entirely, Dave, tell our listeners here on the Grand Gesture that what we do at Offscreen Death, and uh, I guess why the remains of the day may eventually be a double dip. <laughs> which, if we do that. <clears throat> if we do that, I'll just insist to take this episode yeah. and cut out all references to Batman and love and just put it on the off-screen deck. This is Mike just trying to cut down his editing time, and I, mm -hmm. I know exactly yes. what's going on here. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, off-screen death, Mike and I uh, do this podcast where the, the idea, I guess, is that you know there's all these movies you're supposed to see, and there's all these lists like AFI and BFI and the 1001 films you must see before you die, which is... A very morbid sounding list, but it's just a list of really good movies. So basically, I'm going to make Mike watch those movies. And then in return, Mike gets to have a little bit of fun and make me watch some movies that maybe weren't as highly thought of, but still worth watching. Uh, like, for instance, he just made me watch, uh, of all things, a Woody Allen movie uh, called Another Woman, which I had 
never heard of and had no idea. Really catering to the film Twitter <laughs> yeah, crowd. Exactly. So if you want to be outraged, <laughs> come listen Todd to Phillips. our show. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so, you know, you get a little bit of the, the pompous cinephile that I bring, and then you get, you know, Mike bringing in, you know, Diane Lane and Unfaithful. So we do a little bit mm. of both, and mm. we kind of, you know... And we usually work with a theme. Sometimes we'll have guests. So we have a good time. So you can follow us on Twitter at OffScreenDeath and on Instagram at TheOffScreenDeath and uh, subscribe to our show on all your podcast platforms. Derek, I want to put you on the spot here. You you have been extended right. an invitation to OffScreenDeath, <clears throat> but you never got back with me Ooh. as far as what film choice not shocking (laughs) i feel like you should uh, i should put you on the spot here because otherwise it'll just never be Mm -hmm. never be consummated put it on record it'll never happen otherwise (laughs) ah jesus well so you're saying uh it it would have to be what one of your film types right like it can be either one the shit movies (laughs) the guest basically takes the spot of either myself or or dave uh, which the the game I like, Dave, is that um, if Derek goes with my side and goes with say like Wild Things two or three <laughs> in that series, then while I get the pleasure of getting to watch something that I would pick, I also have to edit it. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like yeah. a version of Russian roulette right. with Dave and myself. If they agree with you, you have to do the work. Yeah, that's fair. So yeah, an established classic of some sort, or maybe something that's a little more personal and not as well regarded. What if I give two? Okay. One that would fit either one. You're trying one. to kill so both for... of us in this instance. You have two, two bullets. Uh, yep. But that means either one of us have to pick a movie, right? <laughs> that's, that's great. That's... I going to say, uh, let's see, uh, Rashomon. That's a Dave pick. Yeah, I've always wondered, am I Dave pronouncing pick? it yes. correctly? But, uh, I own it on Criterion. Okay. It's ready um, to go. Or... <laughs> there we go. Um, or the uh, the Five Heartbeats. Which is a Robert Townsend film from like nineteen ninety two. That's probably a Mike pick. I, I don't know if that's you, that yeah. would be a Mike pick. Okay, yeah, All right. that would be, yeah that would just be a personal selection of mine that I've never seen really covered on very many podcasts. You know too many white well, people. A lot of, that's why <laughs> you beat me to it. Yeah, Damn, well, Dave. and it was kind of just pushing white Mike into having to see more white black Mike. films. How to... dare you accuse me of being white Mike? Mike, Mike, the remains of the day. So, so this is definitely a Mike pick. Do you guess what the the Rotten Tomatoes on the Five Heartbeats is, Mike? Um, what was our what's our magic number? Seventy, sixty-eight, seventy and below. I'm saying, oh yeah, sixty. Yeah, the uh, friends with benefits rule is that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what's your guess? Where and Where do you think Where do you think five? I'm saying sixty-eight. I'm oh, saying it's okay. right on that. The cusp, you uh, you think higher of this movie than a lot of critics apparently because it oh, is no. a thirty nine percent. So this is a bike pick. Hmm. Definitely okay. below that sixty eight. Yeah. Well, I look forward You're to welcome. bringing my unique perspective to the five <laughs> yes. heartbeats. Finally, a white person will give his perspective on Robert Townsend. That's apparently one of us. Has to defend it because thirty nine percent. Ooh boy, a lot of a lot of white hate going on there. Okay, all right. Uh, the only other thing, let's see. I'm now I have it pulled up. All watch options. It is available uh, to rent. Right, um, I got to put I'll money down on this, huh? I'll have to see if it falls off a truck. Or something here. This is one of those like um, uh, like Hiro esque. This is something that I've watched a hundred times from my childhood. So I'm going to push this. 
as a great film, even though it's not. <laughs> so he really can be a disappointed in all his friends, things. like you assholes. You don't get it. <laughs> exactly. I'll just take my headset off. I'll be done. Roger Roger Ebert gave it three stars. Okay. Um, and it is airing on TV soon, according to Google, on BET Her. What is BET Her? <laughs> I don't know. Clearly something you would never know anything about. Is it like the, their <laughs> romance? Is it like their love story channels? Because Boomerang was on this, too. We did Maybe. Boomerang as well. Was it really? And I actually didn't I don't know get that was a real channel. No. Does that surprise you? No. I'm not surprised that you don't get it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, enough of this. The remains of the day. Drop the clip. Drop the longing. Let's go. Are you reading a racy book? Do you think racy books are to be found on his lordship's shelves? What do I know? What is it? Let me see it. Let me see your book. Please leave me alone, Miss Kenton. Why won't you show me your book? This is my private time. You're invading it. Oh, is that so? Yes. I'm invading your private time, am I? Yes. What's in that book? Come on, let me see. Or are you protecting me? Is that what you're doing? Would I be shocked? Would it ruin my character? Let me see it. Um... (laughs) So, I've seen this uh, a few times at this point. I think this was forced on me for the War Machine versus War Horse days because as Dave has uh, you know, put out there numerous times in the 10 minutes we've been talking, this is not necessarily uh, my bag here. Nothing against Anthony Hopkins or Emma Thompson. You look at the poster. It's not scandalous at all. It's just a sentimental old love story. On IMDb Wikipedia, it's very dark. The characters are not even looking at each other. They're standing beside a window. <laughs> yes. I read these books, any books, to develop my command and knowledge of the English language. I read to further my education, Miss Kenton. I really must ask you, please, not to disturb the few moments I have to myself. And it's a butler. It is from the perspective of a butler named Stevens. Um, the only way I thought when I started watching this is there better be a fucking eat the rich mentality here. Maybe philosophically, right. but not in action. Uh, this is not going to be uh, Butler Stevens breaking bad and upending. Mike's waiting the for the guillotine to get rolled out. By the end of the movie, you Nazi sympathizers off with their head. <laughs> nope, not not so much. It's uh, I guess I can see why. I don't know why it's sixty fourth on the the BFI list, but uh, you know it, it's got that sense of English duty. That's mm-hmm. like your your sort of. Uh, personal beliefs don't come uh, into the equation here, which coming off of the Trump years um, and we just saw Republicans uh, acquit uh, Trump of uh, inciting an insurrection. So uh, I don't know if this will sit well on this particular day talking about it. Uh, so I'll, I'll start off with uh, with our guest. 
Dave, how much sympathy do you have to the Stevens character whose ultimate goal, uh, very, uh, very, you know, I'll go with the white Mike reference here, very New England Patriots, uh, do your job, and that's it. Like, his ultimate goal is to do his job, no matter how much he'd love to, I was about to say, fuck Emma Thompson, but I don't even know if he has those thoughts. Uh, as much as he'd love to have her grab his book again. Not! <laughs> that's, that's his... <laughs> Yeah. Grab his book. I'm trying to think. Is there another scene no, that where they is actually touch? No, that is the most. I mean, that's the no. scene with the most sexual tension. Like that. That's it. So, that's... do you have sympathy for the ultimate uh, New England Patriot? In well, you have really set me scared. up here. Um, uh... Have we talked about Tom Brady winning his eighth Super Bowl yet? Uh, not on Mike. Eighth. That's next year. Derek. This is 2022, everyone. I've already killed myself. Duncan Some talks about Tom Brady. Um, so, in terms of sympathy, I think that's, I think that's an interesting question, and I think it changes depending on your, your understanding of the culture of this film. Um, so, I think in, especially during this time in British society, there's definitely a class differential going on that is. You know, here we have class differentials, but we pretend like we don't. <laughs> in Great Britain, it's there and it's set kind of in stone. Uh, really, the only time he breaks out of that is when he's playing a part and when he's lying, like when he goes to a, a pub and pretends like he's upper class because uh, he knows and how it kills him. Right. He has to tell the guy, I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I was misleading. you." Exactly. Exactly. So I think from that perspective, it works, but it's a uh, it's still a tough sell. Uh, because the guy that he's loyal to, I mean, is a Nazi sympathizer. Like, it's so interesting because they frame it in this way of like, well, I have friends from Germany. They were in really dire straits after the after the last world war and all that, you know, and that stuff all makes sense from that perspective. But of course, coming from this, not even now, but in 1993, when this movie came out, like, you know, there's no mystery. Like, Hitler is the bad guy. Like, this is the ultimate shortcut. Um, for movies, uh, as far as evil goes, at least it used to be until Americans started sympathizing with neo-Nazis. It used to be a really quick shortcut. Um, openly, openly started sympathizing. Yeah, yeah, well, that's that's very true. Mm. Uh, and I think, uh, I think you sympathize a lot more with Emma Thompson's character and her, the fact that she cares for him, at least for me, that's enough. Like, that helps transfer my feelings um, when I'm watching him, it's because like, even though she, she calls him on his shit, she's the only one who does, but she's still hurt when he doesn't respond to her and when he doesn't connect with her. So I think that kind of transfer of emotions works for, works on me. Derek, where do you think that, where does that romance start from her perspective? Never started. <laughs> Do you think that's a, a a failing of the movie that obviously these are our two leads, there are two biggest movie stars, right? But I, I did question. I, I really, I mean, I love this movie, but even on rewatch, I question what was it that you found charming. I can see mm. Stevens being seen as amusing because, like, man, he is right. so dedicated to his craft that you know he has his head up his ass uh, at times. But what was it about her? Being able to walk, she can do. She can be professional, but she also has her own worldview, and there is a limit, right? 
Well, that's probably what it is, right? Like she, she is able to, to exist in these, uh, uh, multiple dimensions of thought, right? I can be a person of integrity and do my job and do it to the best of my ability. But I also understand like loss and grief and Hey, when your father is passing away, this is going to be an important moment that you don't want to disregard because of professionalism or integrity or all these things that, that Hopkins was, was really, uh, that was, really to the forefront of everything about how he lived his life. So for her, she sees a guy that maybe if he could open up just a little bit, there's something else behind this exterior that's, that's cold and distant. Um, he cares. Like she can, it's almost like she can see something in his eyes that other people don't see. And maybe she wants to pull that out. And, uh, you know, she's captain save essentially. She's, <laughs> Is that the character's name? That's that's an improvement on on the film, but you're Cat, welcome. Yeah, uh, Miss Stevens doesn't have the uh, uh, same yes, ring Kim. to it. I think that, but I do think that's her. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome, Dave. Um, I do think that's her her connection with him is that she she can kind of roll with his uh, his harshness and his attention to detail. It doesn't bother her. I, I don't. I really don't think it, like it hurts her feelings that he is that way when he has to get on everyone, uh, including, you know, the staff, as far as things being very uh, regimented. Instead, she sees something more than, than just the, just the Butler. Honestly, they didn't show us that, but I, I, that's the vibe I think that you get throughout. And I think for him, it's the same thing. He sees an escape, mm-hmm. right. Of, of what his life could be if he wasn't, married to the responsibilities established with his, uh, you know, with his occupation. I struggled with uh, the death of his father in particular, because his father proudly to his death uh, talked about, you know, living a life of, of service uh, and doesn't want that taken away from him. There's a, you know, there's a particularly heartbreaking scene where he's, he's an older man. So he falls down. But then he he tries to assign blame to a misplaced stone, and then it's Emma Thompson and Anthony Hopkins looking out the window, uh, watching him like go through the paces again to see like how, and you know even on his deathbed he's <laughs> there's no revelation of like hey maybe maybe I wanted more in life. Mm-hmm. Uh, he talks about falling out of love with the 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 mother of the Anthony Hopkins character. Uh, but then expresses pride for his son continuing a life of uh, not having interpersonal relationships, but just being in service. <clears throat> and I think in a uh, different movie, the audience would expect or embrace the father being like, "Son, don't go down my path. Like, look mm. what it <laughs> look what it got me." And you know, he, you expect that he runs away with Emma Thompson, that he he breaks free, especially as Dave has said. You know, when the boss is kicking around, like, hey, can you uh, can you make sure my Nazi party goes well? Let's not have any mistakes when I have the Nazis over, because I want to <laughs> impress them. <laughs> and it's something that he knows, I think even then he knows he should be ashamed of. Um, but he his greater shame would be failing at his duty, mm-hmm. which is, I don't think that's ingrained in American audiences. No. I think we, especially on film, uh, you know, we aspire to be the, the individual. You know, this is not... Unfortunately, this is not, uh, Stevens is not Norma Ray here. <laughs> well, and I think, isn't that why you, you can't have the father character speak up and say, 
you know, don't do what I did. Because, like, if, if he does, I think then Stephen's whole world crumbles. It all falls apart. Because mm. this is what he's been trained for his whole life. And if that goes away. So the fact that his father basically says, like, I'm basically, the maybe the one time in his life he's told him he's proud of him is for mm. being of service <clears throat> and doing your job well. That is, it's sad because it's early in the movie, but that's the nail in the coffin for any passion that Stevens is ever going to have right there. That's, that's when it happens. And I find it, but it really interesting that the two most powerfully emotional moments in this movie, they both have a scene of like prying fingers off of something. Like when they think the father has died after he's collapsed. I thought at that moment, watching this first time, I was like, Oh, he's dead. Like, I thought this is like rigor mortis setting in. Like he's having to like, this is horrible, but the same motion happens in that scene in his study. When she's trying to get a hold of, you know, the hopefully naughty book uh, that Stevens is holding. And I found that really interesting that those are the those are kind of the two things kind of warring inside him. Right. Is his hidden underlying passion for this woman. Like he even says when he's talking to someone else, like, I don't know what I do without her. And then he quickly mm-hmm. cover, re- recovers and says, like, oh, yeah, the, the whole house would fall apart. It's like, no, that's not what you were saying. So I find it really interesting that those two things happen. And they happen relatively close to one another in terms of the runtime of the movie. And another thing that kind of shocked me, I put this on. I'm like, OK, lock in. This is going to be a three-hour movie. I was sure. I was sure. And I was like, two, 215. Oh, I can do this. This is great. <laughs> like, but, yeah, I think the, the stuff with his dad, I mean, that's, I mean, that's what. I mean, that's what kind of kills any hope for him. Um, and that's what leads him down this path. I mean, the whole movie, like, Mike, as you know, as you mentioned, I'm all about the longing. But even I, during this movie, were like, come on! <laughs> like, please run away with this woman. Do something. Because it is painful. Like, to the very end, to the last scene in the movie, like, you are just hoping. Like, this is your moment. Do something. Don't go back to Superman and his castle. Go with Emma Thompson, please. But would would, it, would it be unfair to suggest that he is in some way ignorant to what life offers outside of just like I don't want to use that word necessarily, but it's because it it, it almost feels as though he's always been under the umbrella of of everything that his father had taught yeah. him. He doesn't realize that he can, you know, move to a, essentially a bed and breakfast yeah. with Emma Thompson. I mean, think about and that that think can, about what he has to explain yeah. the birds and the bees to, to Hugh Grant's character. Right. He's like, birds, be, uh, uh, fish, I don't know, man. Like, I don't have I, time to learn about that. Yeah. I, I don't think uh, someone that looked like, uh, you know, Hugh Grant as a young man, I don't think, he, I think he's too late. I think someone has explained that to him <laughs> already. I, I think, think Hugh Grant's good. good. <laughs> yes. Um. I, I had the thought that, I mean, we're recording this on uh, uh, Valentine's Day, which doesn't that make Perfect. Uh, at least Derek and myself like a couple little shits yeah. here. For, you guys like, live with your partners. Away. I don't... I'm just getting hornier for when I get off of this. <laughs> He's so, feeling that this longing. Is the <laughs> this is the foreplay don't for me this today. Route, please. I'll uh, I'll try to get this one edited so you can play it in the bedroom tonight. There we go. Quick turnaround. <laughs> Listen to us. Gonna start off. I'm gonna slap my hands. Say it's go time. <laughs> Turn that pod on. The pod father. I'm dropping a clip here so I can gather myself. <laughs> so we can just segue. Let's get some of that hot Stevens Miss Kent talk. Good morning. Good morning, Mrs. Stevens. Um. 
Yes, his lordship asked about the Jewish girls. Elsa and Irma? Yes, he wondered where they were. He said it was wrong to dismiss them. I thought you'd like to know because I remember you were as distressed as I was about it. As you were? As I recall, you thought it was only right and proper that they should be sent packing. I really, Miss Kenton, that is most unfair. Of course I was upset, very much so. I don't like to see that sort of thing happening in this house. Well, I wish you'd told me so at the time. It would have helped me a great deal if I'd known you felt the same way as I did. Why? Why, Mr. Stevens? Why do you always have to hide what you feel? Lizzie. You finished the lavender bags? Yes, Miss Kent. Good. All right. Thank you, sir. Yes, I take my hat off to you, Miss Kenton. That girl has come along very well. Yes, you were right about it, and I was wrong. Look at that smile on your face. Hmm? What smile? That tells an interesting story in itself. Wouldn't you say so, Mrs. Stevens? What are you talking about? What story is that? Well, she's a very pretty girl. What do you think? Is she? Hmm. You don't like to have pretty girls on the staff, I've noticed. Might it be that our Mr. Stevens fears distraction? Can it be that our Mr. Stevens is flesh and blood after all and cannot trust himself? You know what I'm doing, Miss Kenton? I'm placing my thoughts elsewhere while you chatter away. Then why is that guilty smile still on your face? Oh, it's not a guilty smile. I'm simply amused by the sheer nonsense you sometimes talk. It is a guilty smile. You can hardly bear to look at her. That's why you didn't want to take her on. She was too pretty. Well, you must be right, Miss Kenton. All bizarre. I had the thought. And Dave, you know, has also uh, gone through the glory of marriage as well. That I got out, though. The thing, <laughs> suckers. <laughs> the, the thing that... I'm not touching that. <laughs> say that you can speak with some yes. knowledge of the situation. Yes. Um, Stevens... When they're talking about a younger uh, couple, I believe it's... Uh, is it the Game of Thrones? Yep, uh, Lena Headey. Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I know her from a little film called Gossip, which would probably be coming to off-screen death. <laughs> okay, <laughs> like, I'm ready. That type of stuff. <laughs> um, she uh, and this other young man, you know, they're early in their, I guess, careers of, like, you know, service or whatever. Uh, and it's talked about, like, I think in the hiring process like you know we're trying to like any sort of job like you know we're hiring for long term here this shouldn't be <laughs> please a flash don't fuck thing. the help could you please stop <laughs> but i also was thinking like well fuck uh with their life of like living in the quarters like where they work and only having co-workers right. who else are they going to date like this is basically a dating service if they're a certain age that's going to happen. And they seem to know this has happened before. <laughs> Look, Mike, you got your Tuesday off. You could go down to the pub and hook up. It's Jesus. fine. <laughs> that killed me when yeah, Emma Thompson was like, you know, Thursday's my day off. I'm like, Thursday? <laughs> and you're, you're uh, even in that sequence, I think she's talking to a, a former employee there. Um, she's like, well, I need to get back by nine. Cause you know, I told him and it's like, it's your day off. Like, you know, you've got Anthony Hopkins, you got Stevens like looking at his pocket. Well, watch. she did say I'll be back by nine. She set that up. So <laughs> you can see why Dave Stevens is now. waiting. <laughs> <laughs> the point I'm trying to get to though is with Stevens, he seems, you would think he would be uh, a little bit perturbed. 
because mm-hmm. you know this these people maybe uh these young people have uh misled him because they said that they were going to join him in service and duty and look at them uh going off and finding someone else who's attractive and making a life for, of their own but in the scene when they're talking about those characters it's Emma Thompson i think she's more reflecting more in her own life he seems totally content it's like ah Bring in the next crew. Go, you know, go down to the developmental league. Bring them up. We, we'll get them in here. We'll whip them in shape. But I think the thing is, he is already kind of in a marriage of sorts mm-hmm. with the Emma Thompson character. He just doesn't have the danger of the passion. Right. He gets. They live basically together. Uh, maybe not in the same physical space as far as room. They see each other almost every other day, as Dave has already alluded to. Uh, there's going to be a beating they'll commence if she's not back in time in her office. <laughs> <laughs> and so he gets to have the comforts of companionship without any of the risk. And mm-hmm. I kind of, I wondered though, you know, Derek, you're probably not of that age yet. Um, but I think I know some people, I definitely work with some people who it doesn't seem like there's great passion in their marriage, but they would be fucking lost. If they were mm, a right. single man at this point, yeah. that there is a safety net of, <laughs> I have someone to grumble to about my day when I get home. It's like the work wife. Yeah. Have you ever, you know how people often talk mm-hmm. about like my work, my yeah. work wife or my work husband, like that person that I can, uh, they're, they're the escape from my real spouse. Like I can complain about, you know, whatever's going on. Not for me. Oh, uh, there it is. Yeah. This, not this, for me. This other. Yeah. yeah I have been told person. that there are work spouses, <laughs> right. okay, but I work from home. So my work wife is my real wife. There you go. You better hope that the lovemaking is done by the point. The yeah. Yeah. By the time we get here. Podcast. Love you, girl. Um, <laughs> we got this. But yeah, like, I mean, let's check I, out that off-screen death. At this point. Yeah. enough of this. <laughs> Just, let's move on to the next one. <laughs> but I do okay. But I, I I do think you make a really stellar point in that regard. It, especially for someone like Stevens, this fulfills essentially what a marriage, the best a marriage could look like for him. Right? Like he's not allowing this relationship to interfere with his primary, secondary, and really tertiary duties, which is to be the butler, essentially. And so he can have... To Nazis. (laughs) To Nazis. To Nazis butler. Uh, As a man of integrity, I will not call out Nazis, essentially. At that... This is bad to say. At that point in the film, I kind of understand Stevens. Because I'm like, you know what? This is probably the closest he'll get to happiness and if they go further he's just gonna fuck it up (laughs) like i'm thinking like maybe he knows himself well enough that derek you're talking about that you know he doesn't have the experience uh in the world to be on the front lines as it were to his own romance Mm -hmm. so that whatever barriers he needs in place uh this is the closest he's going to come uh to it Uh, even even the so when he goes out of his way to see her again it's still under the guise of rehiring her mm-hmm. so she can come back to that place where he works. So Derek, your analogy of like, it's like a separation with a work wife. And instead right. of thinking like, man, that's the one that got away. You would be like, I need to get her hired again. I need to talk to <laughs> HR and bring her back to the company so we can see each other from nine to five. Uh, a perfect just... way to, to do that without showing any sort of real emotion. Mm-hmm. 
Right? Like, the tables haven't been set since you left. Right. <laughs> God, it's it's so terrible. And he's right? not... I have to fire five people. You know, it's interesting, because, like, as I'm watching it, I'm like, yeah, he is not... I, at this point in his life, it's, it's almost like it's too far gone. Like, he's not cut out for a physical romantic relationship but later you don't know about stevens (laughs) i think i do (laughs) i think i do (laughs) i think uh but he's also not cut out for it emotionally like the scene where you know she decides i don't want to have this you know this house meeting right now because i'm upset he reacts like a petulant child like fine we just won't have meetings ever again like it's just like oh jesus (laughs) you don't want to do it now we'll never do it how about that i was just like okay come on stevens get it together and there's actually a lot of moments like that where he just kind of snaps because he can't he can't deal with his feelings for her he can't deal with the fact that he needs her in any kind of emotional way so he Hmm. constantly is moving away from her and mike you brought up this idea earlier of like where did she what's in it for her essentially like where did she fall for stuffy stevens the nazi butler like where 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 is this (laughs) that would have been a better title for this film (laughs) stuffy stevens the nazi that will definitely be the subtitle to this episode um and i think but i no no i need to watch what sort of seo yeah that's that's a good point that's a good it's gotta be like you know you can't spell out nazi it's gotta be like n asterisk z i yeah i get it um but i think the the moment where she like at near the beginning of the movie, she kind of goes after him is like, no, the things your father is doing like this is he's having trouble and you need to see it. I think the reason she starts to fall for him is that even though he's kind of pushing back and pushing away from her, he still lets her talk. He still he doesn't mm-hmm. leave the room. He doesn't shut her down. He does take the information in and eventually respects her opinion. And I think that is the connection that they have. And that's the start of it. Dave. Such the romantic. Listen to a woman. That's he, it. He lets her talk. I like the way you phrase that. I'll let her talk. Well, he runs the house. He at any point could be like, no. He runs the house. He does. He does. He's the butler. He makes the money. He runs the house. You get to speak when I tell you to. Dave is, uh, Dave is divorced, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> To be fair, I was right, much Dave. more the Emma Thompson character in my marriage than the Stevens character, so it's, take that for what it's worth. So, when he does go to see her, to rehire her, to, to reignite the passions of the, the work-wife relationship, the dynamic they have, <laughs> what what do you make of, of her? Because she has had a life, a completely different existence from that period. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember if it's been... It's been 20 years. I can't remember how long transpires between. Well, you certainly can't tell and... by Anthony Hopkins age. Cause he just, he looks 90 <laughs> and then 90 and 90. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's like, like 58 or something like that. Um, so that if we're talking about around 20 years, the, then? the Nazi period prior. So like 25 years, maybe. Okay. Years. So she, you know, she's had children. Um, she has to turn down the job because, uh, She's about to become a grandmother, and she wants to stay closer to her family, even though they're they're out of the nest, so to speak. Which all this must sound uh, absurd to Stevens. <laughs> yes. Like, no, you stay in the home. <laughs> what do you mean? We all just have. <laughs> You're in that wing. I'm in this wing. You know, Only upper class people have children. What are you What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't right. understand. But it's, it's probably like those damn storks. <laughs> I can't believe it. They keep coming. We got from Captain Savaho to storks in, the, in like 20 minutes. Well done. 
but she allows herself to emote in that sequence. Like you have this, you do have the very uh, romantic. It's you know pouring down rain. Uh, he escorts her to a bus. She stares off like the back of the bus with tears in her eyes to him. Uh, he shows nothing. Now he does have a moment where he almost starts to break, but it's when his head is turned away from her. Yet again, now this film is very highly regarded. On Rotten Tomatoes, it's got a 95% from the critics, 89% from the audience. So It's still pretty uh, good. It's not like this, this is just a critic's darling. Yeah. I wondered again, though, are you, like at that point, are people just primed for <laughs> a sad love story? Because he's he has plenty of moments even there. Even if nothing can come from their, uh, their romance now, because she's got other responsibilities, he still doesn't on the limb and gave give the big speech of regret really he internalizes oh. it when he looks like he's he's got tears forming in his eyes but he and he covers well like when stevens turns back to face her i was like damn what a what a professional what a what a new england patriot right there. right good in service that guy <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't have to look at his tears they don't have to have an awkward personal moment where they express their love to one another because he's a professional. He gets <laughs> could you could you imagine how bad this would be if there was some giant like Oscar speech at the end of this where he like professes his love? Like it just come on. But did you expect it? Like I mean, because that's I think the first time I watched, I was really afraid that we were about to get to that moment. And I was so impressed that yeah, Stevens held it in. I was. I mean, it's within his character, but it's not within this type of movie's right, character right. to not allow that speech. Like I guess the the romantic in me was hoping he would just get on the bus, like not give a big speech, not but just go with her. <laughs> no, he just he's not running to chasing down that <laughs> that bus. Dave in the rain. <laughs> Look, <laughs> you saw what happened to Papa Stevens. Right? That's not happening. <laughs> and like, but as you mentioned, just like you know, hold her hand, just something like the movie, like it's just aching for that to happen. But of course it doesn't. Cause that, I think I'm like the romance in me, like wants it to happen, but like looking at it as a film, as a narrative, you're like, yeah, that wouldn't make any sense. Like that, that doesn't fit him at all. He would never do that. So I was kind of grateful looking back that it never went that route. Cause I, I think it would just kind of ruin the whole thing. And you, you mentioning that, his kind of turn, like where he like almost breaks and then pulls himself together. I mean, that's just like a masterclass in acting from Hopkins. Like we, we joke about Anthony Hopkins, like looking 80 his whole life, but like, this is really impressive work. And it's, I think mm. later in his career, it's a man is what Dave said. That's right. That's what a man that's does. Right. <laughs> Small <of> that pain. <laughs> later in his, he draws him up real quick. Later in his career, he definitely goes into like kind of the chewing the scenery type of acting in a lot of his movies. And so it was nice to kind of go back in time and see this like very measured kind of almost, almost like it's an almost perfect performance. Like I can't think of a moment in this movie with him, especially that like doesn't ring true. And that, that is kind of the culmination of it. That small moment. Do you think there are folks that were there that just prefer pure romance uh, that, would have seen that scene and not got what they had wanted as far as a, you know, something that, that handholding, like you're saying, or this big speech that that was just enough for them to be like, yeah, this movie sucked. <laughs> like, are there people like think, that, that would have sit through I think it depends. This, saying, you know, two hours of this that have been like, if I don't get my payoff, it's not worth it. So you're saying they're with the film as long it's, as we get it, get the, the romance at the end. Sounds like Mike, right. honestly, that's, that's like something Mike would <laughs> well, say in general. Look, 
if I'm being honest, they they both aged out of me wanting to see them fuck. It's like we <laughs> the sell by date was was gone, and according to Dave, Anthony Hopkins, from the beginning, <laughs> nothing changed. Begin, like, <laughs> say for me, she hasn't caught. Yeah, aged there yet. it is. I was waiting for that. <laughs> I was waiting for that. Yep, yep. I think, but to answer your question, Derek, I think. I think it depends if you know what kind of movie you're walking into. Like, if you're walking into a Merchant mm. Ivory period piece, like, I think you kind of know what you're in for here. Like, it's it's one of two things, right? Merchant Ivory either does this longing that, like, never comes to fruition and it is good but painful. Or you have, you know, the, the people kind of bucking the trends of that system and, like, going right. crazy, especially when they're young. And you have a little bit of that within this movie, you know, with the Lena, Lena Headey character. Um, so you have one of those two things. So I think you kind of know what you're going into. But if you went into this totally blind, like, I don't know anything about this movie. It's just called, you know, Remains of the Day. I'm going to put it on like I, you know, had to do with a Woody Allen movie uh, for off-screen death. Then maybe you might have that reaction. But I think if you know what you're going into, I, I mean, I, mm. I think it's silly to have that kind. Of, that's like I don't know, watching a Stallone movie, and you're like, things blow up. I don't, I don't understand why, <laughs> why is this happening in this movie? Like, okay, you know what you're getting into here. Well, and I, yeah. I agree with your point that they don't give any sort of inclination that he's going to make this major shift, right? right? Like it, it, he follows that same. Uh, the same beats of his personality pretty consistently. Like you see that there's other things like, or as we've already alluded to, she sees more, but he, he's not really expressive. So why would he be now? Right. He already had the opportunity to, to stop her from leaving right. years ago and did nothing. And now, I mean, it's, you're close to right. death. And is it, <laughs> isn't she just like a little bit too fiery for him anyway? Like, even if he would try, like, Derek, you know, in like Derek, a year, that's saying, over. Like, this is not going to last. Are you just saying ride it out until death? Like, <laughs> don't make life more difficult. Just accept. Right. Accept. Do it early or not it. at all. That is. <laughs> On that note, Emma Thompson is uh, a young 61. Right now, about to turn 62 this year, Derek. <laughs> I wish this was a video podcast so people could see the Birdman, like Derek, <laughs> like ready. <laughs> Finally. Getting ripe. Getting ripe over there for Derek. Academy Award winning Emma Thompson. I have nothing to say to that. <clears throat> All right. I think that does it for the rem- remains of the day. <laughs> That's the point I wanted to get to. Um, Dave? What's uh? Where can people follow you? All of your nonsense. Not necessarily off-screen death, I guess. But uh, that, my preference would be that's the only way they follow yeah, you. Yeah, I mean, me too. Honestly, it's it's, it's yeah. probably a better choice. But if you are a glutton for punishment and want to follow my personal Twitter, you can just find me at darn that Dave. By the way, if you hate that screen name, blame Mike because he came up with it. Uh, so follow me at darn that Dave. But most of <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. you did. Blame me. Yeah. I gave you a list, and then you let your Twitter cretins vote. <laughs> you on. also said it was the best one of the bunch, so I don't want to hear it from you. I <laughs> thought it was like at fuckface McGee or something. <laughs> <laughs> if only. Uh, so yeah, you can follow me at darn that Dave, not at fuckface McGee, uh, and you should definitely <laughs> subscribe to our podcast off screen death. <laughs> I love how I just discount your Italian heritage. <laughs> <laughs> you went Irish for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> You must take good care of yourself, Mrs. Ben. You too, Mr. Stevens. Promise me that. Oh, yes, I promise. 
You must try to do all you can to make these years happy ones for yourself and for your husband. We may never meet again, Mrs. Ben. That is why I'm permitting myself to be so personal. If you will forgive me. Thank you, Mrs. Stevens. All right. Uh, that's just no, one of those text threads where Dave's like, time for hey, Mike, I'm going to change my Twitter handle. What do you think? And I'm like, oh, God, got to come up with something. And he came up, and, like, and like, within five minutes, there were like six options. I was like, don't you have anything better to do? I'd be like, I know I asked you, but Jesus. 